confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. We drink tequila. We talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk. All right, let's pour. We start off every Team Tequila Talks with a cheers, and we need something to cheers with. We are really mixing it up today. Pun intended. A little bit, Mixology. Uh, yeah, give, give it a little little uh, uh, shake back and forth. It's all natural ingredients, so we'll yeah, kind of separate so. a little bit. Okay, so we are mixing things up <laughs> with Adam George, our... Mixol. We, we, we don't use the term mixologist, right? We talked about this, but I guess what what most people would think of as your you know your traditional mixologist. Yeah, words are a funny thing. They have power. They change over time. And mixologist was the perfect word for a period of time where I was like, oh, we're doing something that's different than um, you know your your chain restaurants or your Applebee's. And then, of course, everyone gets a pushback. We're like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just a bartender. Uh, at the end of the day, call me whatever you want. As long as we're having a good drink, that's what matters. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm trying to offer a uh, elevated experience that you won't be able to do for yourself. So if that for you is a bartender, if that's a mixologist, if that's just your best friend, any of those are fine to call me. What about a world-class bartender, which you are? Uh, that is That's my... A, I feel like I would lead with that. <laughs> I am a world-class swimmer, bartender. Yeah. I feel like that's a good one. Yeah, well, yeah. So to introduce myself to your audience a little bit, uh, my name is... Cheers. Cheers. Um, my name is Adam George Fournier. Uh, I have uh, been a hospitality professional for uh, over 15 years. I'm getting up there. I've been running bars, restaurants, and hotels in Los Angeles for uh, over a decade now. Uh, and I am the uh, Diageo World-Class U.S. Bartender of the Year for 2021. I represent the United States against 55 other countries. Came in the top five. Uh, and uh, was also, just this past year, named one of them by magazine 75 people and places to watch uh, for my work in non-alcoholic cocktails, which is what we're here to talk about today. So mixologist or otherwise, um, you serve great drinks. Yes. Thank you. I That's try. That's what we can say. And this is a very unique episode for us, your hosts, Cassandra Gina Mel and Sherry Ann Gonzalez, because we're normally pouring tequila in this room. But with the explosion of the NA market, which we have tasted and dabbled, we are by no means matching the accolades that you just boasted right there, but we go to the store and buy a nice kin spritz from time to time yeah. because, you know, you don't want to necessarily drink every single day. We don't drink every day. So the ritual of it, I think for me and the taste and you, know, you get to the end of your, your meal 
and you just want something you, yeah. like you you want like a, a if you're used to drinking wine you're used to drinking a cocktail your body and your your brain are just accustomed to the habit and the mm-hmm. ritual of getting a cool taste like a cool tasting yeah. cocktail in your mouth and what am feeling. i trying to say here Sha? well you're talking about your end of the meal ritual is like you're looking for a feeling i know once i put my kid down and my husband's busy i just i want to watch a show or read a book and i that hand to mouth action where you're just there and doing that you want that feeling and the taste of very 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 good spirit and this is very tasty yeah uh i think that that is the the interesting space that has evolved with the the non-alcoholic uh scenes that we're seeing uh, evolve over the past several years uh it has been an ongoing uh a journey uh, and I, I really do think it is natural outgrowth of the kind of mindful drinking that we taught people with the craft cocktail movement and craft beer movements and natural wines. Like we've uh, taught people to be so interested, rightfully so, in the flavors, the processes, where it's coming from, how it's being made, uh, and to think about what they're putting in their bodies with with these experiences, with these rituals. Oh, we love that here yeah. because we're all about the quality of ingredients that you are putting in your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be mindful about that. That naturally then leads into this outgrowth of, well, alcohol does have an effect on me. What am I doing? But I still love that ritual like you're talking about. Uh, And that's a lot of what I work to try to recreate at uh, my restaurants and my bars when I'm coming up with non-alcoholic drinks. And it's a lot of what you're kind of seeing with these uh, non-alcoholic brands. Uh, you do see some that are very like direct substitutes. Uh, Liars, L-Y-R-E uh, apostrophe S, uh, does a really great job, especially in terms of say like their aperitivo kind of things. Like they're, um, you know, not they would not use this for trademark reasons, but they're uh, ca- uh, Campari kind of analog. They're red Italian bitters or right. apples, things like that. Things that are already are kind of low ABV have a lot of impactful power, and uh, making really cool drinks with that. So you can get this kind of like non-alcoholic Negroni feel going. You also have brands like Sea Lip, which are a uh, distilled product, but non-alcoholic. So they're carrying a lot of flavor and that kind of same weight for it. Um, and they're trying to do a direct one-to-one substitute of like, okay, you drink alcohol. Like what, how do you mix with something like that? Then you have something like Three Spirit here, uh, which we're sipping on, which confusingly enough is not trying to, uh, <laughs> substitute a spirit. What they're doing, at least with their primary bottlings is, uh, looking to create a experience like you're talking about. We're sipping on the livener. It's a ritual. It's kind of, yeah. I wouldn't say that this tastes like any specific Beverage. alcohol. I mean, I feel like the seed lip is... Oh, we're gonna make a gin mocktail, yes. and it, it it translates that way. But this it's is herby. It's, it's like herbaceous. herbaceous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very it's very like it tastes like I don't know tomato too. Do you, are you tasting tomato? I'm or tasting it, berry. Berry. There's definitely a lot of berry in there. There's some definitely some teas on those tannins on the back end. Um, wonderful thing that they're doing is uh, part of what you're probably getting from a little bit of that uh, uh, tomatoes. There is a little, like a little beet kind. Of, I color. We're ringing the bell now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Sound um, effects. It's a little beet. Oh, beet. Yeah, beet. That's what I'm yeah. tasting. Oh, I'm that's like, the root, the root veggie, mm-hmm. like that I have a very sophisticated palate, and I tasted <laughs> the beet in this. Well, that's the wonderful thing. Everyone actually does have a really sophisticated palate. They might just not know the word that has been agreed on by everyone that this is what we're talking about, that flavor. But you've spent your entire life learning how to taste things and learning what tastes good. Anyone who says they don't have a good palate, I, really what I challenge you to is just 
what you haven't learned is the vocabulary yet. And if you're interested in learning that vocabulary, sit down with someone who knows it and, and they'll, they'll help you do it. But at the end of the day, what we're looking for and the way I try to teach people how to taste is to think about the experience of what they're tasting for. Um, like something that tastes like my grandfather's leather armchair from the fireplace is a lot more evocative to me than like, oh, it tastes like tobacco and leather. Like, what does that actually mean? Like, it takes you to a place. Wait, what did you say? My grandfather's, my grandfather's leather, leather chair in front of in his fireplace. I taste it. When you I said it, I taste it. Yeah. Smell that, right? You can I, smell it. It takes you to a place. It takes you that feeling. Ultimately, that's what a good drink of any sort should be able to do. That's, I mean, 90% of what we taste is what we smell. Uh, so you're always in that kind of interesting space as it goes. But going back to this idea of like experiences, like ultimately, uh, I think one of the very fascinating things that I've discovered the past two years, uh, really diving into this non-alcoholic space uh, after lockdowns was the style of people and when they're drinking non-alcoholics. It used to be, I think the perception was like 10 years ago, if you weren't drinking, you just weren't drinking. Right. And that's what it was for well, people. There was also, there were no options. I think that there was O'Doul's back in the day. I remember <laughs> yeah. my stepdad would have O'Doul's in the, in the back fridge. Yeah. And that was his, oh, I'm not drinking tonight, but I want to have a beer. And it's, it's a tough space because before it was either an O'Doul's. Or you just didn't drink. Yeah, or, or you had Shirley Temple. Yeah, or you had like a soda water, or like uh, um, I, this is the word I actually hate: mocktail. Like just a bunch of juice yeah. and soda. Like I don't like mocktail because it feel like it doesn't. There, there's something about it that feels like it's mocking the idea of not drinking. Like oh yeah, yeah, it's not cocktail. It's a mocktail. It's it's over here. But we're really struggling to find like a word that encompasses it for everyone, which Ooh. is really unfortunate. Because I was going to say what's the word. I was hoping right? you had one. I wish it, I, like you see it all over the place, like no ABV, non-alcoholic, right. all yeah. these things. Like it's, it's unfortunate that the way language has evolved over the past 150 years, we used to have the perfect term for it. It was a soft beverage. Hard beverages oh, were alcoholic beverages, oh, like soft, soft beverages. Drink, but now you, but now you so say that so much if with, you say with soft yeah, beverage, I'm uh, soda. exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's the way language evolves and change, which is also why, again, yeah. I, I never get mad at anyone using a word to try to find the right, right. space. Well, for the it. new term now is like sober curious. Like, yeah. Right? yeah. So it's like I was doing a little research on basically the last two years, like right before the pandemic, mm -hmm. non-alcoholic beverages became, and there's these bars now that are popping up all the country. Yeah. Maybe you heard of them. They're called, so, they're like sober curious bars and they don't serve any alcohol. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, I think the, the biggest example that how quickly and how large of an impact this kind of uh, uh, trend is having is that there is a fully non-alcoholic bar in Dublin, Ireland that I've been to. It's called, it's wow. called, uh, Dublin, that's yeah. something. it's called Virgin Mary. Uh, of course it is. Cause, is course, cause they're great. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's a great city and it's an amazing bar and you've got places like this popping up all over, uh, the world right now. Like there's a, uh, I haven't seen a non-alcoholic bar in Los Angeles, fully non-alcoholic bar in Los Angeles, but there are non-alcoholic liquor stores for lack of a better word, where they're only selling these kinds of products. Boyson, am I saying that right? Boisson, yeah. B-O-I-S-S-O-N. They're opening, I think, they're based out of New York originally, and you can shop online. So you actually can go to Boisson online, and I believe that they ship everywhere because they are non-alcoholic. Yeah. Because as so being involved in a winery, I know that you have to get licensed in every single mm -hmm, state mm -hmm. to distribute. So we can ship to you know, Delaware, but not Utah or vice versa. Yeah. Not actually, I'm just giving an example. But with Boisson, because it's all non-alcoholic, 
you can ship wherever. So they are based out of New York. They now have four store, three or four storefronts in Los Angeles. So you can get the experience of going in and talking to someone and say, how does this taste? Is this better for daytime or nighttime? I mean, even right now, what we're drinking. I would drink that in a day. It's it's very nice. Botanical alchemy, three spirit. What's the, what says livener? Energizing, exotic, fiery. There is something on the back of my tongue that is tingling. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some ginger in here and a little bit of that kind of feel for it. So that's one of the interesting things about a lot of the non-alcoholics is uh, if you do drink alcohol, they're never going to be a perfect one-to-one substitute because there's always going to be that ethanol is missing, that burning, that weight, that 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 feeling for it. So how do you, you right. uh, uh, come up with that? And depending on what you're trying to mimic or what you're trying to create, different people approach it differently. Three spirits, like we were talking about, they're not trying to be a one-to-one substitute. They're trying to create mood. So they have a livener, uh, a social, a nightcap, things that are more in those areas. And one of the things that I've been fortunate enough to do is I get to create a lot of my own non-alcoholic stuff, not only just uh, cocktails, but essentially spirit bases to work with. So I get to control that kind of texture and that weight in a different way. Uh, one of the challenges that comes with working with non-alcoholic spirits is trying to get that that weightiness into a drink for people, uh, because a lot of times you can end up with something that's very thin, especially when you're looking at like, oh, it's just like a gin and tonic. I'm going to top it with soda. But without that extra weight, without that extra uh, flavor, so you're not just drinking soda water. Yeah, you're, you're pretty wa- much just watery. drinking yeah. drinking uh, uh, soda water. So, how do you end up with that weight back? Well, you end up with it with uh, tannin, with teas, or mm. with uh, some sort of sweetener. It doesn't necessarily need to be like sugar. Like a little bit of honey gives a really mm. wonderful weight. Or monk fruit is something I play around with a lot. That's love, a love, wonderful, wonderful yeah. substitute. I was doing a, a non-alcoholic orange cream soda for a while. So we were part of our sustainability practices. We would take our leftover orange juice from the end of the week. We'd clarify it, give it a little bit more of an acid strength, take a monk fruit vanilla syrup that we make, turn that all together, dilute it down, and then fully carbonate. So you end up with this really wonderful like orange cream soda. Syrup and media. Yeah. 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 I can give you the recipe for it. It's lovely. Uh, and it gave us a wonderful opportunity to like give the whole range of options for people. So we had the non-alcoholic version, then what we called the low ABV version, which would just be with sherry, oh. uh, which is wonderful fortified wines. I we love, love sherry. We love sherry here good, too. Good. I, I love am, sherry. I am a fortified wine. Yeah. Person. You're a fortified <laughs> something for sure. I'm fortified fine. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, and then we would do the fully uh, the full spirited version, uh, which would be like a whiskey highball kind of an idea right. with Japanese whiskey. So that way it was a great encapsulation of all the options that you had for people and going back to what I was saying like seeing how people drink I was expecting it to be a lot of people who are like oh we don't drink so this is what we do and uh, we do have a lot of guests who come in for dinner who found out about us like oh yeah we don't drink and they'll do a a four course meal and they'll all have three non-alcoholic beverages but that's all otherwise we've just been cokes or sodas they're getting a better experience but more than that what we're seeing is people who go back and forth it's oh, people yeah. who are like, oh, I'm the, I'm the designated driver today. I'd really love uh, like an old fashioned right now, but I know I can't have this. So what do we have for that? Or, hey, we're celebrating, um, you know, my, my wife's pregnant. We don't want to talk right. about that yet. What can we do? Well, awesome. We have something that looks like right. champagne in a glass. So no one needs to oh, question awesome. about it and have well, these wonderful It's still coming back to that ritual of yeah. it, right? And, yeah. and it, it, listen, it would be in a perfect world, say, Oh, this isn't a ritual. You just don't have to drink. But the reality is, is you spend your entire adult life. It's just incorporated into so many elements of life. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. Lots of people are sober and yeah. have been for a Years. very long yeah. time. Yeah. But to deny that it is a presence, that the ritual of drinking is is present in life would be silly. The first yeah. thing that when yeah. a guest comes into your home, it's like, what can, can I get? Can I get, I get, you I get your drink? Uh, 
Yeah, it, I, I love it too because there's an old uh, John Mulaney bit uh, from way back in the day where he had stopped drinking. He's like, when you stop drinking, everyone forgets that anything exists. It's like, why are you saying, oh, John, I know you're drinking. There's an old turnip in the fridge. Is that good for you? <laughs> With that, uh, And what, thankfully, like that's changed now. There are yeah. all these options. and Anytime. But it is about that experience. Like food and drink are uh, arguably what created civilization. Uh, you know, th- there's always those old stories in the archaeological evidence that like, hey, maybe agriculture came around because we wanted to settle down to be able to grow more grain to make beer. Right. Like, what does that look right. like? So being able to incorporate that ritual and that experience in a way that is inclusive and mindful. Uh, that's why I was, how I always like to describe these kinds of drinks and thinking about menus as, as a mindful menu. If you th- treat these drinks in the same mindful way you would in creating a traditional cocktail menu or wine list or beer list or any of those things, they are going to be interesting and awesome. And honestly, part of it really started from the basic image of a group of people out at my bar, you know, five or six people, and they're all trying to take a photo for their Instagram or social media to show them a good time. And the one person who's not drinking has got soda water or the a lime yeah. water. That doesn't feel great. No. So how do we bring them into that conversation? How do they feel like they're having that moment, that experience? It's not it's not experience focused on drinking. It's experience focused on being out with their friends. Right. So how do we bring them in so they don't feel like they're an outsider? Uh, and one of the things we'll be tasting later today is something I've made myself. It's um, it's our uh, Sakura Rose uh, quote unquote champagne. Uh, it's a non-alcoholic rosé champagne, essentially that we made to have this kind of experience. Where oh, it's I like, how do we cheers? How do we uh, uh, celebrate? Uh, and how do we have a little bit of color uh, and all those things? And it talks. I mean, about- it's also you're removing it from the conversation because if someone's sipping something like this, it just looks like you're sipping a cocktail, and it's not like, hey, why aren't you drinking? And you maybe don't want to answer the question of, I actually had a a really bad day Mm -hmm. or I had a huge thing happen at work that I don't want to talk about. So it is just, it's just, you're trying to find your peace and separate yourself from maybe the reasons that you don't want to be drinking. And so the, the fact that this is an option that still allows you to be a part of the ritual is a huge thing. Yeah. And it's, um, you can't just, you don't want to slam this. I wouldn't say this is like juicy where you're like oh i'm thirsty let me you you do actually want to sip it and it's actually so you're not i feel like sometimes when when we do mocktails you know you see people just slurp them down because they're full of probably sugar and it's it's juice it's water there's like the thing that traditionally slows you down when having a cocktail is that that alcoholic burn and what's going on in there uh that that weight of it so again it goes back to the idea of what are we creating for flavor what are we creating for the experience so uh, for example, uh, we do a um, uh, both a non-alcoholic margarita and a non-alcoholic old-fashioned on the menu uh, called the Marguerite and the Zero Fashion that uh, incorporate homemade non-alcoholic spirits that we make, quote-unquote spirits, essentially really fancy teas. We take a lot of the things that you would uh, traditionally get if you were to taste a tequila, like all the flavor notes you're pulling out when you're mm-hmm. tasting these. Uh, we take a lot of those ingredients, like a little bit of jalapeno, cilantro, some mint, pineapple skin, things like that, and we sous vide them in water. And I actually use seed uh, lip as part of that base as well because it's got a little bit of that viscosity. It's got a little bit more complex flavor. So if you those in and, and straight them out, you will have this wonderful like flavor complex that if you drink it, you're not like, oh, that tastes like tequila. But if you build a cocktail around it, you're suddenly getting the tasting notes. Oh. And- I think that's so key for NA drinks. It's because when a company tries to straight up replace tequila – 
they're not going to succeed yeah. because tequila is tequila. No, I'll just, I'll have a tequila. I'm not, I'm, I, I will replace rosé with a, I think that's, I think any type of wine mm-hmm. is easily more replaceable than I would, I would never have a tequila mocktail. Yeah. I, I do think that the, the lower ABV uh, categories lend themselves to a little bit more of a replacement a little bit more easily because there is traditionally more something else going on there. Right. Like wine still got residual sugar or something. So your the vermouth. liqueurs, the Aperols. Mm-hmm. I had an NA Aperol spritz a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was delicious. Yeah. There's wonderful, wonderful stuff out there. Liars actually just won a, a really big award for their uh, Italian bitter, uh, essentially oh. those kinds of things. And I, I, I do highly recommend them for things like that. Like they work really well to like mix. And also, also a great opportunity to mix something that's a lower ABV drink for yourself at home. For instance, I do enjoy a Negroni, but I don't want to have three of them mm-hmm. uh, all the time. So having something that, you know, pulling out one of the not one of the alcohol components of that with and a then, non-alcoholic and thing, adding, oh, you can lower totally. you, you can lower that ABV for it. So now all of a sudden you're having, again, that weight and then you're still having that ritual. Right. Uh, it's just about being mindful for it. Uh, lower ABV drinking or, or non-alcoholic drinking like we talked about with a lot of our experience with people yeah. is not always about like full on abstinence. Right. It's about having more control over, uh, it's about drinking less. Yeah. Right. About, yeah. I mean, we all know our livers are our livers and we're not getting any younger and you know, <laughs> speak for yourself. I, I know. I know. Look me and age, but it's like, you don't want to constantly, I know for me drink daily. I have a family. I have things to do. I like to look forward to drinking. Mm-hmm. And when I can't look forward to drinking anymore, I'm like, I need to reel it back. Yeah. You know? And so, but I want to replace it with one of these guys. Yeah. So another concept you're talking about, um, you know, the, the teas and using teas as a base, which this does as well. We have spoken about adaptogenics mm-hmm. before. And I think that that is part of, you know, there's this whole category of nootropics mm-hmm. and adaptogenics, which is, I think, Ken might not have been the first, but I think that they were one of the first and kind of pretty big on the market. But you've got things like L, is it L-theanine, I believe? L-theanine. We've got the bottle right here. I'm going to look. Yeah, L-theanine. So L-theanine is actually an amino acid. So it's like it's part of a protein and it can be found here. It is derived from green tea in the three spirit, but it also can be found in certain um, medicinal mushrooms and it is said to have a relaxing effect. So it is supposed to be you'll see it a lot in some of these uh, low ABV or uh, faux ABV liqueurs because you're wanting that calming effect Mm -hmm. the same way that you would with a nightcap and that is going to be like you know the 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 kin the dream is the dream spritz i think they have that tastes kind of like a cream soda yeah um and then the The this brand as well does make a nightcap Mm -hmm. the difference being because l-theanine does relax you but this one also has caffeine yeah so if you're social you're in the mood this is called a livener this is a, I'm going to a party and everybody's going to be loud and drunk and rowdy and I want to keep up or I want to participate and also be, you know, yeah. going with that higher energy. That's where the caffeine comes in. So you're talking about with some of these drinks, not having that weight of the alcohol, but there's also, they're starting to work in these things about having 
not exactly the same effect as alcohol, but you might get a little tingly in your fingers, especially if you are sensitive to caffeine. You know, you got to yeah, be sure. mindful of how much you are drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think it's another, it's another thing that I, I always point out on menus uh, is if there is caffeine or anything that might be like a nootropic or a euphoric or anything like that mm-hmm. that might be involved in these things because you want to be mindful of what people are, uh, why they might not be drinking. So you want to give them all the information up front because a lot, not a lot, many people who are not imbibing alcohol also are like, well, I don't want caffeine. I'm super sensitive to it. So right. what does that look like? You don't want to surprise them at the end of the night with, a, right. oh, this thing's delicious, but I ha- <laughs> I now I don't sleep. sleep for three days. <laughs> so it's really going back again to the idea of like trying to give our guests as much information you can. But also when you're talking about like, what is the occasion for this? Well, you're out with your friends and things like, like what is the experience that you're looking to replace with this beverage. And I think the really interesting thing that it always comes back to is just always some sort of social engagement. And the more we can remove a stigma from this idea of like, oh, you have to be drinking. Why aren't you drinking? Right. What's going on? The more it can just be a natural part of the conversation and not an afterthought and something that is fully incorporated. Right. Uh, the more options we give people, the more options we give people, the more reason we have to be social and enjoy each other. And that's for the best for everyone, for the hospitality industry, for individuals. Um, I mean, the hospitality industry is constantly growing and changing and is one of those places where you really do have to give people an excuse to leave their house. I used to call it the you put on pants philosophy. Yeah. Uh, it's you put on pants and got off your couch. So to come to my bar, so no matter what, you're paying more money than if you just bought a bottle of Jack Daniels and watched Game of Thrones reruns tonight. Totally. So how do right, I make that worthwhile right. for well, you? See, I appreciate hearing that because sometimes I do think in the hospitality business, sometimes people forget that you're coming there for an experience. Yeah. You know, and we go to nice restaurants. Like we love, me and Sandra, we love an experience. We're foodies. We're foodies. And sometimes I think in certain restaurants or businesses, they forget that. And I look forward to that. If I don't have yeah. a kid, a husband, and I'm out with my girlfriends, I want all the things. I'm like, hey, make me a special drink. And yeah. when someone's like, well, I'll make you a vodka soda, I'm like, no, well, no. I come here. <laughs> I can do that myself. Yeah, I mean, that's the, exactly what you were saying at the beginning. Yeah. Is they would call me whatever you want to call me, but ultimately, I'm giving you an experience that you cannot replicate on yeah. your own. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like there are a wide spectrum of experiences. Like sometimes experiences, I want to go to my neighborhood dive bar. Sometimes the experience is, hey, I know that they make a really solid espresso martini here. And I just don't want to think about it. And sometimes is I really want to have a foodie night out. I think that the the danger that can happen sometimes is expecting an experience at a place that's not equipped for. It. And that can cause conflict. Uh, if you've ever seen a Yelp review, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, so it's one of those things like I, I always try to be very careful to not be like, oh, if you're not doing this stuff, making it in-house on your own, it's not worth it. No, that's absolutely not true. Right. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about the explosion in this category is like I'm very fortunate. I, I run a you know a more fine dining a bar in a, in a restaurant. So I have the capacity and the staff and the technical knowledge to be able to make these things uh, on my own. But if I was running a nightclub, I wouldn't be able to make enough non-alcoholic rosé to, to keep up with that demand the volume, yeah. at all. But there are brands like that. Three Spears actually has a wonderful uh, couple of carbonated uh, quote-unquote wines that they're just releasing. Um, that again, they're not trying to substitute like a Chardonnay or a Merlot. It's like, hey, here's our red that's got a, a feeling to it and a white that's got a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing with those. And that's fantastic because you can kind of push those envelopes on those 
kind of more experiential, smaller foodie thought sides to then bleed into uh, a different kind of vibe that helps de again destigmatize it and prep people. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the only way people learn to experience or to appreciate a, a finer dining experience or a special occasion is by being prepped for it. I've I've seen so many people mm -hmm. in my life who've walked into a you know, uh, one of my, you know, I, I ran the Nomad downtown. I worked very, Such very, cool spot. yeah, uh, I'm so sad that it, it's gone. But yeah, I, I've worked with a lot of like really high end uh, places and they're places that people are kind of like aspirational to go to. So they'll come in on like an anniversary or a birthday, something really special. But like you, you can sometimes see that they, they've never, they don't have much experience with that, the, uh, quote unquote, the rules of fine dining. Right. And then they freeze when they go to order, right? right. And they're like, I guess I'll just have. A burger, the, right? And, and that's and that's where it comes in on uh, you know a good staff. They can help mm -hmm. guide you through that. Like I always like to describe. Like I I always want my bartenders to be like the entrance to fine dining, where it's like you can sit down at the bar and have a great meal, but it's not going to be intimidating. We can walk you through this. And if you just happen to stumble in on the place, we're expecting a fine dining experience. That's fine. Like again, experience isn't for everyone all the time, but I want you to have a really good experience with us. So when you want to have that experience, you'll come back right. and then we can help walk you through it. So then you can learn more. We can send you out to other places to uh, appreciate that because life is short. I tell my I, husband yeah. all the time because he, I, he now just lets me do my thing. I'm the order in our relationship. <laughs> my partner he, he is gets, too. I haven't gets, looked at a menu in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I can look at a menu and be like, yes, no, yes, no. I'm not going to like this, but the table is, so I'm going to get it because it, like maybe it has olives or something. And I like, I don't do olives, but I know that I, like the, the table will appreciate it. But even when we're on date nights, it's not that he doesn't get a say. It's just that I'm really good at ordering and he yeah. all the time has order envy. <laughs> and I always like to go to the server or the bartender, or even if you're lucky enough to say, to have some type of contact with the chef, whether that is firsthand or through a server or manager. And I always say, well, what do you think? Not in a cocky way, impress me, but they're going to want to impress you. They're going to want to show you a good time. Anybody that is at a nice fine dining establishment is going to want to give you that experience. So yeah. let them. Yeah. If you don't know where to start, say, I don't know where to start. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's the best thing you can do in a restaurant like I, that. I 100% agree. I, I think it's really, it's sometimes easy to forget that like everyone in the restaurant is actually on your side. <laughs> everyone, yeah. Everyone's cheering for you. When, um, yeah. it, I, the way I always try to uh, uh, coach it too is like people oftentimes don't know what they want. They don't know what it's around for, but, um, finding that out for people is uh, part of the, the joy of the job, but how you go about that can make a huge difference on the experience. So what I always try to do is always try to start off with how people are in the mood, where they're looking for, what kind of vibe. Um, and I generally walk through it. I skip like what base spirit you want or what's that. It's like, okay, are you looking for something lighter, something effervescent? Do you like a martini? Do you like a Manhattan? What's, what's your vibe right now? Okay. Mm -hmm. Then it's, then I always try to pull out something positive that someone was looking for. Cause you cannot believe the amount of times you ask. I was like, what would, what do you like? It's like, Oh, I don't like this. Or I don't want that. It's like, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> but what do you want? Right, like, right. is there, do you like fruity? Do you like effervescent? Do you like drier? Do you like boost forward? Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. That's Depending like, on your day. You know? Yeah. Uh, just something that, that gives you an idea of like, okay, this is something that you'd be interested in trying. And then if the, uh, my staff's always trained to this, if they should be asking, do you have any dietary restrictions or aversions? That's where we can be like, cool. Are you allergic to anything? Is there anything you really don't? So I never drink coffee. Awesome. Great. So we've got something to work with now. And right. honestly, what that does sneakily enough for me is it helps prime you 
to enjoy what I'm about to give you because I've already given you a positive association. Rather than you waiting for me to give you something that's like too sweet or not great, you're like, oh, I had a great conversation. I want to try something new. I do like fruity things that are effervescent. Oh, this is fruity and effervescent. Oh, you know what? This is actually, okay, cool. So you're actually like a psychologist too. Bar psychologist. You're like a bar psychologist. The the California Bar Association won't let me legally say that. (laughs) Well, we're going to try, speaking of trying something new, we are going to try the wine. We're going to try this uh, sparkling rosé concoction. I do as we are pouring here, want to touch back on the nootropics one more yes. time because I realized that we didn't really explain what a nootropic is for people yep. that don't know what it is. And it is a nootropic is a, is a supplement and it's usually going to come from some type of plant, whether that is, you know, tea, mushroom, root, herbal, or otherwise. And they're still exploring a lot of the science. We talk about food science a lot here on Team Tequila Talks, but this is also going to, certain plants are going to give you certain effects in your body, physiological, when you digest them, which is why when you drink coffee, also from a plant, you're, you're going to feel caffeinated. You're going to feel, you know, warm. It's going to get your metabolism going. It's probably going to make you go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> Um, so, you know, there are, the whole concept behind nootropics is that there are the, all of this wide range of, uh, in the plant world that can help calm you down, that can help pick pep you, you up. up, that can help give you energy, that can help you focus, that can help turn your brain off if you're having a hard time sleeping. So you you really got to look into what you want to accomplish with the nootropic before you just say, well, which one should I take? Yeah. Because it's not as simple as, well, I think. We've drank non-alcoholic beverages. Sometimes when my friends, they come over and we're like, she's like, look, girl, I'm not drinking. I just had a rough day the other day and like I'm sober. And sometimes we'll just have like, I'll have three out. We'll, we'll drink two completely separate ones yeah. because you're just not your vibe. And I think, you know, when it comes to wine too, it's like you should have a variety. What I love about what the explosion is that now there's a variety because when I was pregnant and I was trying not to drink and I had some Christmas gift, some terrible non-alcoholic wine like i was just like this tastes like dirt it can taste a little juicy we're gonna try this one and see what it tastes like so for nootropics they they're still love that (laughs) for nootropics they are still doing a lot of research but i find that they work i know that when i'm looking for a nightcap as you say um when i'm at home by myself because i don't drink by myself so when I'm at home and I, you know, kids are in bed and all of a sudden I'm like, well, I want to wind down, but I don't want a glass of wine by myself. I will, I really find that the L-theanine and some of the other nootropics are really beneficial. So look into it, uh, Google it because it's different for everybody. There's not a one size fits all. There's a bunch of different ones. Just Google nootropic, relaxing, uplifting, etc. And there's a, a bunch of products, not even just in um, NA drinks, but also in pill form and supplements. Oh, and gummies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, let's- so this is, uh, as I said, this is the Sakura Rose uh, uh, champagne. Um, and this is a essentially a non-alcoholic uh, sparkling "Quote unquote wine that we make in house. It's so good, uh, so good um, that we carbonate and ourselves. You guys only make this. This is not like for sale anywhere. No, this is not for sale. So people are going to have to come and make, see it. This is something we make in house. So the process for this is uh, it's a blend of two different uh, teas, just a rose petal tea. So just rose petals. So give that wonderful color and that floral sense. It's very pink. And a uh, sakura uh, green tea. Uh, so you're getting that kind of floral niceness from that." 
steep, diluted down. Then we're uh, adding a bit of verjus. Verjus is uh, essentially <laughs> yeah, uh, essentially unfermented grape must. It's like essentially what you can make a grape vinegar out of. So it's yeah, like it you, has a very slight vinegary mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's the weight. It's yeah, like it's giving, it's giving that weight for it. So like it's like unfermented wine almost uh, before it turns into vinegar. It's used a lot in cooking. Uh, you can get it in both a uh, a red and a white version. A couple little things, a little bit of sugar uh, here there just to to balance it out. Uh, and then actually what we do is we make a essentially a yeast stock where we kill off the yeast because when you have champagne, you're getting that breadiness. You're getting that weight from that yeast. So what we're doing is we're adding that in with uh, the intention to give that kind of like weight for it, but without it to ferment. So you, right. you boil the yeast, you're this still getting the flavors so all stuff. Yeah. So technical. Yeah. So and then uh, the reason it's in this bottle is because we're self-carbonating it ourselves. So uh, it's a forced carbonation with the carbonation rig. This is actually for a machine you can get for your house. Uh, it's called Drinkmate. It's very similar to a soda stream. Very similar, but except it's actually physically designed to be able to carbonate everything, not just water. Soda stream is, you can, but they really don't recommend carbonating anything other than water because it can back up inside of the machine. This has a, uh, for the whole machine, has a separate lid onto it that prevents that backup on it. So you can carbonate orange juice. You can carbonate literally anything you want. So for a lot of bars who don't want to build their own full carbonation rig, it's, you know, it's a $90 product that works off soda stream bottles that you can, uh, a batch up and do so. We have a couple of those in rotation. Yeah, uh, makes is, it real nice and easy. So would you very say user this is friendly. an upper or a? I would say this is an uh, celebratory and slightly upper. Like it's okay. got a little bit of that green tea and it's a very low, uh, low amount to it. But it is meant to be that kind of celebratory thing. It's mm-hmm. hey, we walked in. Cheers. 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 Have all this stuff. Uh, and it's you know it's rosé. Like how it's are you so not going to enjoy? Pretty. It's very pink. It kind of has a natural wine look to it. So when mm-hmm. you said unfermented wine, that's what that made me yep. think of because it does look. If you've ever had natural wine, it's cloudy <laughs> and it's kind of got that more juice-like yeah. look to it. It's not as uh, clarified yeah. as a standard wine. Yeah, uh, a lot of, uh, so, uh, you know, just going back to that food science, wine naturally has a lot of particulates in it and usually is used uh, what's known as fining agents. Uh, using it to uh, filter out a lot of sediments uh, to make sure you can get as much out of it as you want and produce that clarity of color. You can do that. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it. it works great. But like in this case, it's like, well, we're just making it in-house. We don't really need to. As one of those things, like depending on where it is in the batch, like some of it will settle out. It'll be great. Uh, but because it is like fully carbonated, like that bubbles, you can see how aggressive Very that carbonation bubbly. is. Well, I need the bubbles. Yeah. Sometimes I, when I even do, like, I like this for the daytime, but all of my NAs that I drink at night have to have a fist. Yeah. To it. I oh, see, I'm the opposite. I need fizz. See, I want, yeah. uh, like, I am inclined toward the fizz during the day. Sure. Even if, you know, we just had poppy on as well, Ooh. and that is certainly not necessarily in the mocktail or NA space, but it is a healthier version of a soda, and it has some yeah. flavor to it and such. And... I want something like that during the day. At night, I want something like a sipper that is going to more replace that whiskey, big ice cube, that type of very straightforward and potent Mm -hmm. punch on the tongue. Yeah, I got some tricks for you with that then too. So we make a, like I said, we make a non-alcoholic whiskey in-house for our zero fashion. And there are uh, some great uh, non-alcoholic whiskey brands that are on the coming market now. But again, you're always running into that problem of weight. So one of the things that we do is, again, we're making it ourselves. So we're getting, we're a little more fine control of what's going on there. But what we make to balance it out is we make what we call mash bill syrup. So what we do is we make a syrup, essentially a, a grain tea, uh, the grains mm. that go into a whiskey. So we toast some barley, some rye, and some wheat. 
give it a nice little aromatic, steep that in hot water, blend it and strain it out. So you have this like wonderful like barley tea and then make a simple syrup out of that one to one by weight. And oh. then if you stir that with the whiskey, you're essentially flavoring your old fashioned with an old fashioned. Mm. So you're adding some of that flavor back in a little bit of that weight. And uh, depending on like how non-alcoholic you want to be, Fee Brothers makes uh, mostly non-alcoholic bitters. They're glycerin based. So they're like below 10% for most of them. Two dash of them is like the equivalent of like swishing your mouth with mouthwash, like the amount of alcohol you'd absorb oh, for it. Okay. Kind of like right. non-alcoholic oh. essentially. But again, always like to let people know because some people are like, hey, that's even too much on where I'm at in my journey. You can add, you know, they have make some great like molasses bitters or black walnut bitters or things like that mm. that you can add in there that give you this experience of having more of that whiskey on a rock yeah. or a cocktail <laughs> without having it be too thin or, or missing out on some of those elements that you're getting from just like a whiskey or a tequila neat. Yeah. I mean, just hearing you talk about that syrup, first of all, I need to come to your bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sitting here thinking like, wait, you've never been there? I feel like we go everywhere. And I'm like, hmm, I want some of that syrup. There is so much demand for fine dining and such a demand for people who want to like, try something new, something different. Like there's a lot of, but it is convincing people to, to drive 15, 20 minutes, which is again, where these non-alcoholics come into, because right. I'm also recognizing that like, great, you took the time to come out with me tonight, someone is probably driving at least 20 minutes to get yeah. you home tonight. How do we make sure they're still involved? How do we make sure everyone feels safe? And like, they're not missing out on part of the experience. Right. Like we want you to have dessert. That's part of the experience. It's decadent. It's awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. But we know that, Hey, maybe you can't have a, a another martini to go along with your dessert. Right. So what do you have instead? Well, I think just also mixing in, if you're doing a several course meal, mm -hmm. you can go alcoholic and then non-alcoholic. Yep. So then you're only having two drinks instead of four. And to yep. me, that's just pacing. You're going to feel great the next day yeah. and you're still getting that whole yep. experience. Uh, and just another like side effect that you'll see if you're uh, filtering more of these is your actual, like if you're being interested in watching your calorie intake is your actual notes, your calorie intake will go down. I've talked to a lot of the folks uh, who run non-alcoholic bars. Like, yeah, the one problem we have is uh, people uh, will have about two or three drinks and then they'll be gone. And traditionally like very, especially high volume bars rely on much more volume, but like without that uh, lowering of inhibitions of alcohol, there is less of a reason to have a fourth drink or a fifth drink or something that's, mm -hmm. that's taking you, you beyond that. So again, it's about being very mindful about what you're doing. Well, and we've conscious. talked before about the metabolic process of how your body digests alcohol mm -hmm. and alcohol has been called the fourth macronutrient because your body doesn't process it in the same way. It's going to process a protein, a fat, a carbohydrate. It is going to get a detour once it goes down your throat and it's going to go your pancreas and your insulin is going to go ding, 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 ding. This is a toxin and it's going to send it to your liver. So it's a lot less about the calories that you're getting from the alcohol itself because you're not really absorbing those. But if you're only drinking straight neat liquor, you clearly have an intention to like, to, to really tie one on. Tie one yeah. off. Tie one on. Tie one on. Tie one off. Tie one on. Tie one off. Uh, but or you mix it with soda and again you're not adding any calories there but what fun is that especially if you're going to a nice restaurant where you want the experience of impress me show me what you do differently yeah. here that you don't do somewhere else and, and how's it going to pair with my food but when you do drink it can make you a little hangry <laughs> if you like it doesn't matter if you already ate but like you'll get really peckish yeah. Like, yeah. they've done a bunch of studies on this and 
if you are drunk, you are way more inclined to eat more and you're inclined to reach for the snack cabinet Mm -hmm. or come home and start fishing around in your pantry or your fridge, even though if you hadn't been drinking, you probably wouldn't do that. No, and you're not actually hungry. The science behind that is like... You're, you're looking for another the, the hand-to-mouth thing, yeah. and now that you're done drinking, your body is now like, so you're not, they, they say that if you're really like intoxicated, or even just a little bit, and you go for the snack cabinet, they're like, your brain-to-gut connection has been disrupted. Oh, And so you're actually looking for just something to put in your mouth because you're done with the hand-to-mouth drink. Oh, it's sure. like a Starbucks cup yeah. theory. So know? the study that I saw was, I, I believe it was in the UK. Not that that matters, <laughs> but there they had two groups and they all had the same, they controlled them so that they had the same diet during the day or the same amount of calories or whatever. And they gave one group NA beer yeah. and they gave the other group beer and they put a bunch of bar snacks on the table. So I'm talking like popcorn, nuts, pretzels, snack mm-hmm. mix, right? And they didn't tell people what they were monitoring. monitoring. Oh, my gosh. Monitoring. <laughs> this is an NA episode, and I'm still having trouble getting words out. What did you put in your drink? <laughs> what did I sneak it's in here? It's a bubbly experience yeah. rising up on you. But they had these two groups, and the group that had the NA beer ate like a third of the amount of snacks than the group that had the alcoholic beer because you're just, you're wanting that salt. Mm-hmm. You're wanting that hand to mouth. It is making you hungry, especially when we're talking about you know, beer because that's going to start messing with your glucose levels and stuff like that to it, where it's going to make your blood sugar go, Hey, I want more food. I want more food. Mm-hmm. So there is science to this. And I feel like having an NA option is not going to make you as peckish later, but you do get to have that experience. It's just, it, yeah. it is another upside yeah. of, of doing that. It's probably bad for the restaurant business, but good for your nutrition. No, honestly, honestly not. Like it's what is, Having more options is never a bad thing. Like, Agreed. like yeah. the non-alcoholic uh, uh, section of the menu is never going to outsell or overtake right. uh, traditional alcohol sales sure. anytime soon. Uh, but having that option really does uh, make people feel more welcome and does honestly capture a revenue stream uh, that is a little unexpected. Uh, uh, and it, currently right now, especially, you know, coming out lockdowns and you know, inflation is what it is. Yeah. Uh, everything you can do to uh, help that bottom line as a business is really helpful. Like I was saying earlier, look, we do have a good amount of our guests who come in, especially earlier in the week, who are non-drinkers, who found out about us because of conversations with a non-alcoholic menu. And like they come in and they do between five people probably do like six to $700 worth of food for a meal. And then, you know, two, three non-alcoholic beverages each, which again, they're not being cost the price of a soda. Right. Uh, right. So I you're mean, still, a $14 that's, that's still, non-alcoholic yeah. beverage is going to still be way better for a revenue stream yeah. than a free, free soda. Yeah. yeah. Like $2. Soda. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're not charging $14 for the non-alcoholics yet, but like that is, that is, is also <laughs> I don't something. Know, maybe you put gold or something yeah. in there. Well, I mean, that is also another uh, factor. I think that uh, as we talk more about this and people learn more too, like the understanding of that price that goes into it uh, makes more sense to people as well. I, I know that even I personally, when Seedlip first came out, I was like, why would anyone pay this much money for something that doesn't have alcohol in it? And now it's easier to see like the value that goes along with that. But a big part of that does come along with 
What is the experience that you're replacing for it? When you are drinking alcohol, no matter what the other things are, part of that experience of your what your money is paying for is that ethanol, mm -hmm. is the effect on yeah. your body. 100%. So if that's not part of the equation anymore, what is that being substituted with? Is it because, great, uh, the experience is I get to wake up in the morning and feel better. It's I get to drive my friends home. It's mm -hmm. I get to be a part of this. It's, oh, I still get a thoughtful drink that goes along with this. I like Whatever that is, like the, you have to think about like as a, a drink maker, what that experience substitute is uh, and how you're going to give that to people because that is the biggest uh, uh, point where the price discrepancy. And I think in. that's where the nootropics come into play yeah. too. If you're buying something on your own or even if you are going somewhere that offers that as an option, because you're still getting that experience, but I'm willing to pay more for this beverage as opposed to just a soda water because mm -hmm. the L-theanine is going to help me relax yep. or something. Right. I'm looking to relax. So if, even if I have an NA, I, it has to have some type of nootropic, some type of, you know, the alchemy. It has to have something in it. Something that comes, you, yeah. you know, chamomile tea even. Yeah. Something that's going right. to give you that, that feeling of relaxation in your body yes. for those things. So for people that are wanting to explore this space yeah. a little bit more, they give them a grocery list Grocery list, a supply <laughs> list, a supply list, supply list. Get the, get, what's a supply list where people can kind of mimic that ritual at home and maybe have that NA experience, but not feel overwhelmed? Absolutely. So um, one of the wonderful things that's exploded now is the uh, the RTD category, the ready to drink category, yep. canned drinks, canned things like that. There are some wonderful brands out there uh, that are already doing non-alcoholic versions. The one drawback that you'll see a lot in that space is that they are almost all going to be carbonated in some way. There's something mm -hmm. about the experience of cracking a can. And it's also going back to that conversation of weight and impact yeah. on your tongue. Carbonation, those bubbles really helps mask some of the, that lack of the burn for it. Three Spirits, uh, like I said, is a great brand to try out some different stuff. They have some wines again coming out. Uh, if you're looking to just try to sip something on the rocks, I, you know, their, their uh, nightcap for the evening is a great spot to go for. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking to like make some stuff at home, uh, I would say really just dive into some creativity uh, and, and really look at, uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful book from the Alinea group, the, the group behind, you know, some of the best restaurants and bars in the world called Zero, which is all about how they do non-alcoholics in their bars. And they're, they're a laboratory. Uh, so yeah. you're not going to be making this stuff at home. But the right. wonderful thing about it is they do have recipes like, oh, if you don't have our equipment, here's how you just make it on open stove. <laughs> but I recommend it not so much as like, hey, you're going to make this at home, uh, more as like, what's some inspiration? What what sounds interesting? Right. How are they putting together flavors in, in interesting ways? Because one of the other really cool things that happens in this non-alcoholic space is once you divorce it from the history of this is how you drink drink gin. This is traditional mix as well with whiskey. And suddenly you're with like, Hey, I just have these flavors and I need to make them taste good. You end up with this, uh, ability to experiment more in a way that goes back towards what is the experience? Are we making something that's going to self carbonate? Are we making something that's bottled? Are we making something to sip on? What are you doing for that? Um, but yeah, I, I guess. So going back to shopping list, shopping list, Find some canned RTDs, find something, experiment with that. That's the easiest way. Package, you don't need to do anything. You can crack it open, just have a seltzer uh, and be around with everyone. After that, I would say do a little research on some brands and try some stuff out. Like I said, the liars, like uh, more of like the vermouth and aperitivo kind of stuff works really well. It's also a great tool to then use to mix lower ABV drinks. And then moving into the nootropics, I really do like the three spirit stuff. Uh, I think it is very versatile and I think you'll see a lot more of them around. But that would be where I would start. And then just go to town. 
I like to soy a lot too. D E S O I. That and Katy Perry is involved with that brand. Awful looking. You know, we've, we've talked about uh, ce- celebrities getting involved <laughs> in in liquor brands yep. and and spirits and all of those things. And I, they also have the L-theanine and they have some of the nootropic effects as well. And I like that brand because, again, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be sure. an Aperol spritz. But it just it, it is carbonated, like you yeah. said. Yep. It's canned, yeah. yeah. But most of them are. Most of them are. Yeah. But it yeah. it works, and it feels like you are. It has a complexity, and it has a little bit of that bite yeah. to it, like what you were talking about with the weight and having that bite in your mouth. Um, it has that, and they make three different flavors. And I do find that after two of them, I feel pretty calm. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a tea base. It's a tea base. It's the same idea. So that's a good brand too. Um, And then you can check out Boisson, as we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. as well, because they will ship nationwide. And so it's super easy. Obviously, the downside of not having going in person to that store is you can't really talk to somebody and say, this one's been selling really well. This one hasn't. And you just have to kind of try for yourself. Like I, I just researched. I looked at the ingredients that I know that I like. And I, you can literally type them into Google and type in non-alcoholics yeah. and a, a bunch of them come up. And I just buy one can or one bottle and I try it for a while, see. I mean, yeah. it's really trial and error. The, I feel it, like. it, it is. It's a very much a growing space. Uh, but the wonderful thing is that like like many of these trends, like they are, it is evolving in the restaurant and bar and hospitality space. So, um, find a bar or a restaurant that you really yeah. like, uh, and ask, ask your bartender that you have a rapport with and like, Hey, what, what do you think about this? What would you do with this? And look online, like the Virgin Mary, like I said, uh, Dublin's doing really great work. There's also a lot of really wonderful, you know, spirits educators uh, online as we all had to transition into something when we could, right. <laughs> could do stuff where uh, people are wa- we were walking you through how to like make things online or giving you tips and tricks for that kind of thing. There's wonderful resources out there to go whatever route you want. But I do think it is one of those things that it, we are still in the early days of it. Mm-hmm. So you are going to have to ask someone, do a little yeah. research and find out what, what you like. So as always, when I rec- when people are starting something new, I always recommend start small. Don't, don't invest in three cases of something yes. off the bat. Right. Uh, and the other thing I always recommend, and this goes for trying out new cocktails or new spirit as well, is look at how you normally uh, imbibe what you normally. So like the example I always give is uh, I'm a big whiskey guy and people always like to ask like, well, uh, how, how do I get started on whiskey? I, w- I want to drink whiskey neat. How should I do this? So like, okay, well, what do you normally drink? It's like, I drink margaritas. Awesome. We're not going to start there. What we're going to do is we're going to make you a gold rush, lemon, honey, bourbon. We're going to do that for a while. And then we'll go to maybe like an old fashioned, mm-hmm. getting a little more booze forward. Yeah. Then we'll do it on the rocks and then we'll get around. So like you're easing your way into Indeed. how you're doing that. So if you like spritzes and you like wine, go that way with a non-alcoholic route. Yeah. If you're looking for something that is more of a stirred route, go look at more of like the liars and the sea lips that are going to be more of like direct replacements. And I, as they lump sea lip in as like a direct replacement because it's not, but it is a distilled flavor and they have different versions of it. So they work really well to build things together uh, as long as you're paying attention again, that weight and and stuff that goes along with it. So if you think about what you're trying to replace in your experience, that will help narrow down what style you're looking to buy. And then it's much more of an easy conversation with 
uh, someone at a store or a Google search to say, okay, what are people doing with this that I want to try out? Right. right. Well, and we didn't even get into the CBD beverage market. Uh, oh, that's a whole, that's a whole different story. That might have to be another episode. It might be the, it well, not, yeah, might have to I don't, that. yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah. a completely different conversation. Actually, I, I again, I, I, right before lockdown, I was consulting on a CBD lounge to do cocktails for them <laughs> right before the lockdown wow. happened over here in West Hollywood. Wow. And, uh, of course, yeah, I like I like my CBD in a gummy. I don't know. I'll it, just I just want it in a gummy. It, it, it's all about experience and what's yeah. what's going on. And I think that again, it's about anything that's going to impact your body and make you change out of your whatever your baseline is. Mm-hmm. You have to have a familiarity of how it's going to affect you. And I do think there has to be some sort of regulation. Uh, on yep. so you yes. have an expectation of, of what's going to happen right. to you right. uh, when you're doing it. Like, what is a standard dose? What does that do to me? Like, right. what what is right. a standard drink? What is a standard nootropic? What is a standard CBD? Like, any of those things. Um, again, word I always come back to is mindful. Yeah, <laughs> mindful. On mindful that note, drinkers. I know I've got like nothing. I know. Here, I got yeah, I got yeah, some more. more, more, more. And I'm so sorry, guys, but I, I'm gonna um, post this. Uh, but you can't buy it. But you can go to it. You, you can, can go to. Go we to do it if you were in California. And we do uh, sell this as seven fifties uh, from the bar if you want to. Do it. So one of the things yes, we do with this, you could, this, take, it you oh, could no. take it home. But one of the things that we did for it is because again, we're trying to recreate the experience of it. We're like, what if the whole table wants to have a non-alcoholic oh, drink? So right. here's a bottle of wine for oh, you. Yeah. You can pop it. And, and what's the name so, of your bar? Uh, it is uh, Wolf's Glen. Wolf's, Wolf's Glen, Glen in uh, Westwood. Wolf's Glen. Cheers. Glen. Adam, thank Cheers. you for joining thank us. Thank you so Hopefully much for we'll having me. we'll see you at Wolf's Glen soon. Yeah. Your host, Cassandra Gina and Sharon Gonzalez. Thanks for listening to Team Tequila Talks, and we will see you soon. Yes, I feel so educated. <laughs> I really feel great about this. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.